0: Hello and welcome to another episode of Monster, Dear Monster, a monster exploration podcast where we take a look at monsters from their beginnings and inceptions to their current pop culture incarnations. <laughs> <laughs> I'm one of your hosts, Dave, and I'm joined today by Leonard. Leonard, how's it going?
1: Uh, well, uh, uh, it's a brand new day uh not filled with killer animatronics and we will uh where we've decided to 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 class this show up a bit again by going back to the literary world isn't that right Dave yeah we're we were due for a dose of weird fiction
0: so we're taking a look at electriomancer and other er, and other weird tales uh, by christopher slatsky this was a 2015 release, and it's put out by Dunham's Manor Press from Dutch East Brunswick Fisherville. Uh, it's a collection of short stories, and we'll kind of be doing little bundles at a time, um, as we did with Ligotti. This will be much quicker. It's not as uh, nowhere near as
1: Tomish as um, Grim Scribe was. Yes, correct. These are these stories are relatively brisk reads. Yes, yeah, so we'll be taking a look at the first three
0: um, this time. So that's the loveliness like a shadow, and infestation of stars, and corporatolysis. <laughs> yes, and yes, each so. Each of these, they're at about 10 pages or so apiece, but they're no less dense for, like, their theming. Yes. And it is right off the bat, and the through line, I think, of this collection of tales is the grit and grime of the universe, would be my mm-hmm try to do a synopsis of, yeah, that's what I'm getting out of it, <laughs> so far, at least.
1: Yes. Uh Yes, there, well, other than there's that bit of theming, because uh all three of these stories do, in fact, have a, a decided, a layer uh, over that permeates, permeates the senses just by reading it of filth and decay. It's, they're also just they feel like um uh, like pers- uh people s- going through a crisis too all three of them seem to feature that aspect as well so it's dirty and crisisy <laughs> these yeah stories. they're
0: they're kind of meditations on loss and loss of hope yes loss of loved ones loss of happiness yeah. Yeah. I, I think that, that those are the through lines that are couched in t- surrealist imagery. I I don't even know where to, like, put <laughs> what Slasky's doing here. Uh, it's on a scale of one
1: to gross. <laughs> like... y- yeah. They all, uh, they all also seem to have, like, this very dreamlike quality. Like, they feel like they start... In a real tangible place near the beginning, but then they kind of veer off into a legitimately off-putting, dreamlike horror that is unsettling. You can't really tell whether or not the character, the protagonists of these stories are experiencing this one-to-one, if that's just them processing. Once again, there's there's this theme of Sadness and loss that permeates these stories that makes the horror feel significantly um, divorced from reality.
0: I think you're hitting right on it where it's that dreamlike nature, but it's the nature of dreams where I don't know that they start in a place of normalcy. I think that (laughs) that that feels um, sort of like a memory. Segment mm-hmm. and uh, like like the protagonists of these three stories, the reader is left unsure at which point the dream started. Right, it's that that vague feeling of like something's not right. Am I dreaming? Maybe could could be because the things going on are a little too absurd to be real life. Right, real life is also absurd so <laughs> which one is the dream and which one's the reality uh, that there's a lot of talk of veils veils and the as in something between the worlds mm-hmm. a thin like filament right um and that has been kind of in part or in whole uh, pierced there's a um there was an interview I took the time to look up uh, with Slatsky and I'm, I won't be quoting it. It's someone else's interview, but uh, there's a bit where he mentions his love of horror is, and, and weird fiction, is couched in that idea of uh, what if our glances and our understanding of the universe is akin to someone uh, peering through a keyhole? <laughs> so you, you're what you're seeing is is a part of reality, but it's so it's such a small fragment of it that you're you're left to like fill in the blanks and assume that like that little piece you see is representational of like the whole of it, right? Uh, and if if it's not the the potentiality for uh, it to be strange is is vast because your your understanding is so very limited so i think that that's his draw of like why he's interested in writing this kind of fiction mm-hmm. and it it falls into a place um that isn't uh unfamiliar to us uh, through like our covering of Legati's work, but not just Legati's work, his or his fiction, but also his um, philosophies. And this isn't um, digging into that, uh, um, antinatalist and other side of it, it's not mm-hmm. really con- it's not concerned with that. Um, but the idea of like the universe is uncaring it's not necessarily cruel of its of its own accord but it can seem that way because it's alien to us it's not it's not something that people can understand anyway uh so you're just left with the unease of it because it doesn't seem to be what you were like expecting
1: or you've been taught your whole life yeah (laughs) yes (laughs) that yeah that that tracks with with these stories
0: so yeah let's take a look at the um of the three the first one i think i had the most trouble parsing like i had to read it a couple times to figure out maybe (laughs) what the intent of it was this is loveliness like a shadow uh this yeah this was the toughest one um for me to kind of get through
1: same, same here. Um, and I did. Uh, I, I after reading it the first time, I kind of um, didn't do like a back to back read of it. But I simply went to parts that I was having issues parsing and trying to wrap my head around. Um, and I am sorry to say that I, <laughs> I think I have. Uh, well, I didn't, certainly didn't lose anything, but um this one is still a little impenetrable uh for me at least uh, like the horror aspect of it i i understand i think um um having everything come together in the end uh it 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 just uh <laughs> hasn't germinated for me but uh that's why we're here to talk about it <laughs> Okay and what I think
0: will help or at least what helped me go through for the so in the very beginning of the story this is <clears throat> it's a tale of an artist Eleanor yes and uh, she's she works in um clay media and she's just a sculptor and she's done uh, art shows she's she's done um Speeches like critiques on um, existing pieces, uh, whether uh, in fact those pieces are art or if they're something else, mm-hmm. and she's kind of in a bit of a rut. She's looking to make herself happy through her her the passion of her work, mm-hmm. but that I think has it's it's something that she's sort of lost along the way, and so she's just going through mm-hmm. the motions. Um, yes. And in the very beginning, the second paragraph, it reads, She was reminded of her grandmother's stories about the uh, the Domovoi, house spirits whose antics ran the gamut from protective to diabolical. Eleanor half expected to catch a glimpse of its white hair and eyes glowing like coals in the middle of the night, but those were old world superstitions. It's just a water state. So... She's working in her studio, and there's a stain on the wall that resembles a face. Or over yes. time, it begins to resemble more and more of a face. I, I upon reading that, and this is an aside, um, it, it brought to mind like the yellow wallpaper. <laughs> uh, and also, very just because it, it crops up again and again, this is very um, Silent Hill 4. Yes, is there's a lot of shared DNA I think in in what this tale starts to do, but um, importantly, the part that I brought that up uh, was because of the Dumbledore, um I will I will read a bit of the um, the Wikipedia for this. All right. One. So, uh, the term domovoi comes from the Indo-European root dom, which is shared by... So, that's the same as, like, domicile or domain. It's just Mm -hmm. the Latin domus house. Um, It has been compared to... uh, uh, Perhaps not important. And... They are believed to protect the well-being of a kin in, in many of its aspects. They are protective towards the children and animals of the house, constantly looking after him. These gods are often represented as fighting with one another to protect and make um, grow the welfare of their kin. Uh, in such warfare, the demofoy of the eventual winner family is believed to take possession of the household of the vanquished rivals. They're believed to share the joys and sorrows of the family and to be able to forebode and warn about future events, such as the imminent death of a kindred person, plagues, wars, and other calamities, which threaten the welfare of the kin. The double void become angry and reveal their demonic aspect if the family is corrupted by bad behavior and language. In this case, the god may even quit and leave the kin unprotected against illness and calamity. I thought that this... Is sort of echoed in what happens to Eleanor as the story kind of goes on. Um, okay. Her her search for happiness through her work um, has upended. Uh, she's alone. She's divorced of her family and mm-hmm. not really connected to her roots anymore. She's moved. Um, I think she's in New York here. She was in California. I believe. Yeah. Um, yeah. So she's kind of uprooted herself and in doing, in, in search, in her search for happiness through her work. Um, but in doing so, like forgotten where she's come from. Mm-hmm. Uh, um, and there's part of her that like longs to return because she thinks it would be easier to just to, to kind of do that and then stop um, trudging through Uh, all of his hard work to like try to make a name for herself.
1: Right. And Uh, go ahead. Oh, I was just going to say yes, because she, uh, the, as, as the story goes on uh, it's explained that she is a divorced uh, and uh, uh, like actually divorced (laughs) Uh, Mm -hmm. (laughs) uh, in a marital sense. And um, that that the devo- the the catalyst of the divorce was um, her husband's unwillingness to, um, ugh, and I feel gross saying this, allow her to have a child. <laughs> uh, yeah. Like so, literally, like no family whatsoever, and she's replaced it with. It's seeming that she's replaced her family with work, and she does not find that work fulfilling as fulfilling as she had hoped that it would be
0: no she's just going through the motions um and it's to the point where things are becoming so rote uh that it 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 begins to conjure up deja vu and her she loses herself and days at a time her sense of being and her sense of like location all Get muddled. Yes. Because she's going crazy. Mm-hmm. And that I think is related to this th- there's a supernatural aspect that kind of crops up and it fits the story, but I think that leaning into this dumboy in the beginning, um, is important. Like, it's not brought up for no reason. It's a very mm-hmm. specific thing. Um, and that is kind of uh, represented in, in the um, the other artist that she ends up, um, like, idolizing. hmm And also in the stain. Because the stain is herself. Right. And there's a lot more. There's a lot more going on because the the story, it's not very straightforward. She she's working on everything in her studio. There's a there's this sort of side bit with uh, um an old woman neighbor that she runs into, but doesn't ever like see. Yes, uh, and and then she goes to check on her and the house that she or that you know it's, it's an apartment um, that she goes into ends up being too familiar. Like it's a place that she thinks she had been. And I don't think it didn't read to me as that being like literally what she was seeing. It's mm-hmm. more that her, her mind began to put old memories and old hopes really um, in, into like a, something that she could digest but it yeah. just ends up being frightening because it's 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 things that she didn't really want to like face right or she wasn't really willing to acknowledge because she's she felt that she sacrificed those things um for her own happiness but she doesn't she didn't get like she made the sacrifice but then didn't get the the um the result wasn't what she thought it was going to be
1: mm-hmm. but all of those things are gone right yeah <laughs> and kind of encapsulated in in her neighbor's flat, uh, the neighbor who she who is apparently constantly wearing a veil, so she's never actually seen her face. <laughs> Allegedly, yeah. Uh,
0: and then and it's the same thing with the um, the. Okay, so I, I misspoke earlier. I don't know why I thought she was in New York. She's in the UK, which yes, makes, London makes which makes more sense. Um, so yes, she, she completely uprooted everything and she's here with no, there's no, like, um, life support system for her. Mm -hmm. She's just floating in the void, trying to like make a life for herself. Um, but Vashti is this artist that, uh, she's really like enamored with and uh wants to go to uh, a gallery showing that that Vashti is supposed to be um at and and presenting artworks and that 's again where the, the veil shows back up um because she she's eleanor's taken with vashti's sculptures and her and her works, but then Vashti herself is sort of a mysterious figure um she wears a veil. Uh, and in, in this sense, it's not the cosmic kind of veil. It's just that actual, like, you cannot see past something because it's being sort of hidden from you. Mm-hmm. Um, but I also, because of the way the story starts turning, I interpreted Vashti and, and most of the events that happened, they don't occur. Mm-hmm. Like, Vashti isn't an actual person. If anything, Vashti is maybe a spirit. Um, but also a stand in for Eleanor's success that she wanted to have mm-hmm. like yeah, Eleanor's, I agree. Eleanor's created this um icon, this paragon of success in the art world that she wants to become um, but can't she can't visualize herself actually doing the thing, so without that, she can't attain it right. So she's she's made Vashti this figure that she can't fully identify with. And that's why Vashti's, like, hidden in veil. Um, and instead, this growing stain that malaise the, the sort of rot and um, this moldering feeling of, like, not being able to become the success that you're hoping for. So instead you're just wasting away. Um, That stain that's becoming a face on the wall is in turn, it's the her that is now, that now exists instead of Mm -hmm. the Vashti that she wanted to be. Right. (laughs)
1: Yeah. Yeah.
0: So if you got anything else out of this, I like that. That's my read on it. Um, there's, there's a lot more, a lot of little details that I think we're leaving out, but I don't think they're as important, um, when just looking at the overall theme of, of what this story is
1: doing. Right. Uh, and yes, I would agree. Um, yeah, there's some, there's some weird, uh, sculpture stuff, people, sculpture, uh, <laughs> um, uh, experiences, uh, but yes. uh As far as the overall themes go, it's it's really kind. It's 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 um it's really kind of a bit of a super depressing um bit of horror writing, honestly, because it's it's about the um as you said, just attempting and giving up some uh, giving up. Things for your dreams and just simply not being able to execute on it, Um, which is sad. (laughs) Yeah, it's sad, but it's like identifiable.
0: Like this, this makes it to where you can. This is (laughs) unfortunately, this is easier to like accept than Mm -hmm. someone leaving everything behind and becoming a success story because that's not. Um, that's not the majority, that's, like,
1: that's, like, the small 2%. Right. You know? Yes the, um, succ- yes, the success story after giving up everything. The way that people would much rather it play out, but it almost never does.
0: Yeah, and because, uh, these, these folks, like, they just don't succeed, or they, they kind of become forgotten or just another face in the crowd uh, which mm-hmm. the story also like picks that um you you don't think about these because you're ne- you you're never there's not something that's ever going to be told unless you like know someone specifically right like like they're not the stories that's gonna crop up somewhere because who's going to talk about a, a failed success, like, no, you know, a, a failed attempt. Like, no one wants
1: to do that. Right.
0: And I did say um, Silent Hill 4, um, The Room, but I would also put in influences of maybe Jacob's Ladder. Yeah. Um, there's a lot of seeing people in a crowd um, and they're just their features become gloopy and indistinct um or stony in some cases uh they they resemble maybe half-finished clay sculptures Mm -hmm. um so they they lose that identity um because again i think that that's eleanor putting herself uh trying to identify with other people but she's she didn't make a name for herself she didn't reach what she was striving for so now what does that make her but another face in the crowd right like like, she isn't someone special even if she's she could be um in terms of like each each individual um is the the protagonist of their own story but in the large scale of things, you are just another face in the crowd.
1: See, yeah, very, very uplifting. (laughs) Yeah, right. It's, it's a, it's a, it's a good way to, to, to start the day. Oh, yeah. Uh, yeah. Yeah. hardest hardest the parse (laughs) and most
0: depressing cool yeah maybe don't leave your family behind and make your house spirit angry and then now it's not protecting you against the ills of the world
1: yeah yeah there we go that actually yeah because i did actually kind of forget about that whole house spirit because it literally only comes up that one time at the very beginning Yeah, and I only
0: seized upon that because I'm I'm reading the digital version, and that was um, highlighted. Like it it just had a clickable link, which I didn't click, but I could see. Oh no, that wasn't highlighted. Actually, it's just it's just in italic. It's been italicized. But because it was, it stood out to me. So when I read it for the third time, I was like, I should look up what because it doesn't explain really what that is. I had to go look it up, and like that, this makes more sense in context. Mm-hmm. Like with this added in, um, it it lets us read in a little bit more to this than just surface level looking at what the story is doing, right? So again, with with that take, this this feels like um, even some of the the Ligotti tales that we covered uh, when we weren't fully like enthused with the tale. Like they're all they were all well written but they didn't that didn't always make them a, a relatable story um, but taking the time to kind of go through uh, and analyze bits here and there and use those to 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 make suppositions of like what what this could be about that makes sense uh, and is supported by um, b- bits of the narrative um, makes the story more enjoyable Uh, even if this is a depressing tale and that's not going to change i think for any of the stories in this collection but um that that little bit of deeper read uh and we could very well be be off off the mark on this just because there's i think there's some wiggle room all over the place i mean this particular story for interpretation um there's just a lot of details that you could seize on and go okay uh because of this um i think that that means you know xyz right so uh because of that i was i was excited about looking at this collection um from the get go um i i picked it up a year ago, maybe, maybe further back. I don't remember. Um, the last year is nebulous in anyone's mind, but, uh, <laughs> uh I remember like really enjoying them, but I was only surface low, you know, just kind of skimming them when I, when I bought the, um, the collection, but it, uh, yeah, we, we hadn't actually looked at, um, any of the Ligati stuff or weird fiction, uh in general in any kind of depth on the show um in when I had read this.
1: Mm-hmm. So
0: it was just in the back of my mind, I think somewhere. I was like, you know, that's this fits in with stuff we've covered now. So going back to it, um, it's given it some extra like layers to like draw mm-hmm. upon and, and, and kind of discuss. But uh I I can recommend this collection just off the first three stories alone. And I, and I'm sure that they're going to be getting better as we go, or at least um, the context will build upon itself because the themes of these do, um, they're like recursive. So it's, it's continuing to, to cycle through in each tale um, as far as I can tell. And it's, it's the, it's the the, the Katamari of stories. It's stone rolling and gathering the this, this stone rolls and gathers moss, um, because it's picking up things as it goes, uh, and informing each tale, I think, um, with what went before. Right. Agreed. Okay, so that is the first tale. Um, again, we left out a lot. We're not going to be doing these, like, scene by scene, uh, with a bunch of quotes and things. Um... it it doesn't serve the stories as much um because i these need to be read yeah there's they're they're, they're, they're detailed dense and we recommend like reading along with us kind of (laughs) or yeah definitely reading these and then listening to us either way um that could inform you going going either way, like uh, d- that would necess- necessitate a reread, I guess, after listening to us talk about it a little bit and kind of going back on them uh, or um, taking what we say into consideration and then, like maybe using that as a, as a, a guide um, when you're reading these stories to uh, see if your understanding of them like lines up with ours and then let us know (laughs) because that would be some great feedback if, if uh, you have a different opinion um, going through these stories and telling us maybe what you think is, is happening Uh, because there is that room uh, to kind of get a, a different read on it.
1: Right. Yes. Send us emails.
0: Yes, please. Um, uh, uh, you can send them as a, an iTunes review. We could use some of those. Uh, the next story is An Infestation of Stars. I, I originally, of the three, this was my favorite. Mm-hmm. And now I'm kind of like the first one better, but we'll see as we go through. I will let you catch us up to speed um, on Infestation of Stars.
1: Uh, Yes, this uh, concerns, uh, well, starts off with an apparently young girl named Lily uh, receiving a bizarre birthday present, which appears to be a Bible with no text filled with pictures that... Uh, depict like various events across different uh, cultures and religions. Of like, we've got we've got Jesus, but we've got cherubs that look wrong. We've got uh, we've got Mary and the child, and then Buddha under the bondi tree. It's it's a very odd book and after she received and her parents are like world travelers that that study other other cultures and religions and then shortly after her father dies uh and she kind of fixates on discovering where this book came from and that is the the very base basis of of the story um uh where do you want to, what do you want to break into the themes here? Because it, 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 other than a, there's a big bug theme, right, Dave?
0: There's a big bug theme. Uh, yeah, so her parents are um, anthropologists, and she, because they're world-traveling anthropologists, and they take her with them, and all of the gifts for her birthdays are books and things from other cultures um, that her parents have received or have taken. It's kind of like up to interpretation on where they got the stuff that they're giving her mm-hmm. um, or, or the, you, you can look at maybe the morality of um, uh, cultural um, anthropology and appropriation. Um, there's again, there's a lot of layers that this has, uh, but it's to the point where Lily um, her, her her mother wastes away from some sickness uh, I think it's cancer and then her uh, her father was murdered or at least that's yes. her uh, the, the 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 byline was that he had been bitten by um, I think it's the bullet ant yes like like en- enough of them to kill him which is doesn't take that many because of the the pain scale of the bite um, right but his body was mutilated and that's just those ants don't do that so she uh, always was suspicious of his of his death also it became a few days after her, um, she'd been given that book for her birthday um, but she, she's a young girl and then it it time skips us some many years um, to where she's a young woman and she has several um, anthropology uh, degrees she's continued the work um, of her parents and it's in an effort um, because she's interested in it for one, but it's in an effort to understand like maybe what had happened to her parents and mm-hmm. the, the largest, um, key of this is, is in fact that, um, that's, that strange, uh, illuminated manuscript that she had been given. Um, it's from the Drakting, uh, Cult who were, they're an in insect-worshipping um, folk. Yes. And this, this may or may not be one of their um, uh, holy books, and they're, I'm thinking that this directing cult is in, it's in Pontotoy village in Brazil, because she's in Brazil. Um, mm-hmm. But she's, yeah, she spends all of her time um enthralled with this book and trying to uncover like its origin um yes she she knows it's 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 probably an artifact from that um those people but when she spent her time talking to them and they they never professed that it was like their book but they are familiar with it Mm -hmm. uh so it's all a little mysterious and uh a another um professor eventually gets in touch with her and they become good friends um it's a it's a professor of uh, like asian studies um but one that is familiar with that book or at least um the the philosophy behind it um, mm-hmm. and invites uh our our uh lily to a, um, sort of soiree to discuss, uh, that book, um, with other, uh, professors and other, um, academics.
1: Yes. Um, and it's, it's at that, that soiree that, uh, or is it before when she, she begins, uh, working with the professor that she, uh, discovers, or they, uh, she comes into contact with, um, I believe it's a drawing or a page possibly from the book. It's the only piece of art that she's managed to um, to to find that seems to be connected <laughs> to the book of dubious origins.
0: Yeah, I think it's before um, she's invited to the professor. Uh, it's possibly because she found that, that the professor contacted her or because she's never been, she's not like hiding the book she's just, she's shopping it around going, "Hey, does anyone know where this book came from so people will hear about it um but uh more importantly for her uh before she i think it's when her her mother it's before her mother um passed uh when she was still a child- you know a younger child she was reading the book and it was giving her nightmares and nightmares and bad dreams and then just other dreams. But, uh, there is a, is a moment where she thinks something is like watching her and she leaves out a little bowl of honey on her windowsill with the, with the window cracked just a little bit to, um, kind of invite whatever it is in and then get it to like, Get it food so it leaves. I think is the mm. idea that she was going with. Um, that's not what happens. Uh, some nebulous, multi-legged, fuzzy thing uh, comes in and just the image everyone loves, where something terrible is in the the um, the corner of the the room and a ce- um, by the ceiling, just kind of like hidden in shadow and yep. watching um yep. it, it does that, but it did in fact eat the offering she gave uh and that I think is what sets into motion everything else that happens to her she she yes that uh well, her parents giving her the book is like the downfall of the family and her. right uh but she it's a case of like multiple people like diving too deep <laughs> like shouldn't right. have looked at a thing. Uh, and then she she bent her the rest of her like young adult life into studying this this book the other undoing
1: curiosity is a problem yes Yes, uh, by, yeah, every, she, 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 she loses, once again, she loses her father. Her, her mother takes ill. And I do believe that at some point before her mother's passing, she, uh, her, Lily's mother mentions seeing a similar thing uh, in the upper corner of her, of her own room of some nebulous, multi-legged horror horror chilling yeah it was the last
0: thing that she said before she died was that something was in the room in the corner
1: so yeah and so the only thing that she has left of her parents is this this book which seemingly was the cause of losing her parents and she throws herself into um discovering its mysteries uh yes. And that
0: um that leads her uh into her meeting with the Reverend the Reverend Reverend Balim Zukmog. Yes. Um and the Reverend who isn't an actual religious figure is, is an atheist, but holds the title for some reason, um, invites her to the the get together, which just gets Disconcertingly stranger and stranger as the night progresses. Um, and uh, Lily is invited into like this secret society of what she assumes um, everyone's wearing masks and and
1: brown gross robes. Yeah, uh, well, I, I, I thought they were it always sounded like it, it sounded like they were just actual burlap sack
0: robes. Yeah, and it's to her. She's like, "Oh, how how quaint! Um, must be a, a, a um, an academic society, and, and these people are uh, high ranking in the the um, in, in business or something, and they just don't want their identities to kind of be known um, outside of this context." So she kind of goes along with it and. Has about seven drinks too many, <laughs> and everything kind of bleeds together. Um, the the drinks are weird because they're in they're in glasses with like very tall straws because everyone's um, they're it's not just like the the robe and mask. There's a like I I was envisioning kind of like a beekeeper's thing because they they all have like mesh uh, yes. face face guards that you would get to stop mosquitoes kind of right. thing but the uh the straws are very thin enough to go through that membrane and everyone can kind of like drink their drinks without taking off the masks
1: yep yeah. cuz cuz that's not suspicious there's nothing suspicious about a a group of people uh wearing robes and masks Uh, And uh, being so obsessed with keeping uh, their identity (laughs) hidden that uh, they are literally drinking through tiny straws to not expose themselves. There is absolutely nothing suspicious, no sus about that whatsoever. Yeah. uh, And the...
0: um... Reverend, uh, uh, goes to make a speech and, and Lily's so far in her cups that she's like hearing sort of double voices and, and weird buzzing and clicking as people talk.
1: Uh, right.
0: so stuff's getting weird. Um, she's getting uncomfortably hot in the robe she's in and just kind of like needs to get some fresh air and be out of there. Uh, but when she tries to leave, you know, she, so well, we didn't mention that she's, um, she, she's, due to her physical uh, birth, her birth, she has, like, walks with a cane. Um, mm-hmm. So she's like trying to like leave with her cane and then she has that book with her that she brought to discuss with everyone and the people start kind of grabbing at her and so she's smacking people with her cane and cracking some of the masks and then starts to see that, yeah, um, the faces beneath the masks are more buggo than not and... Mm-hmm uh it's doubly disconcerting um but she is also inebriated from whatever they've been serving her and it's it's just too much to handle so she she, she flees with cane and book um but she's like steadily able to run yes and not use her cane which she doesn't think of until after she gets home um and when when she finally does uh, make it home, her she looks at her cane and it's all covered in like white marks, um, and has acid burns <laughs> on yeah. it. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. So something something was not right, and she's um, fully mobile and, and 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 feeling much much more very vigorous. Uh, but the experience served as like an enlightenment moment. mm-hmm, and then she realizes that everything is bug the yep. world the world is is insectile and and alien to the human mind uh but only if you know how to look beyond the 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 cocoon of reality and maybe everyone's bugs it's not very clear but it no. is clear that she dies she just <laughs> she just didn't make it yes it's, the- so it's go ahead
1: oh i was just going to say it uh it's it's hey guess what it's 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 a love it's a lovecrafty um it, it, it's seemingly the knowledge and uh, once uh the knowledge of everything is bug uh either makes the 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 bug universe aware of her and consumes her or drives her insane uh but it's it's clear that that she gets a bad end um with with this knowledge that she gains
0: but yeah I was gonna say or does she because this is it didn't bring up the Buddha under the Bodhi tree for, like, no reason. And mm-hmm. this is a... an analog to the attainment of uh, nirvana. Like, mm-hmm. you, your your body doesn't get to go to, to nirvana. It's right. Just, it's just your spirit. And that's what's happening here. Um, however uh the the once the illusion of the world is gone and you're you're face to face with the ultimate truth uh that you're one with everything it is the idea of nirvana in this once you're face to face with the ultimate truth and you've gone you've gotten rid of um the illusion of what you think is reality you are consumed by the stars that are hungry bugs in the cosmos yeah
1: or at and, least your, and your
0: spirit is consumed your body's just dead on the ground because you couldn't take it with you into this into the space
1: right to to literal yes to actual literal space because because lily does seem to ascend at the end only to be devoured yeah. And it's her. To, to me,
0: I read that as her body just like collapsed at her house and her spirit went up mm-hmm. into the cosmos and then was devoured.
1: Ah. Once again, uplifting. Feels oh, really yeah. good. Mm-hmm. Real good um and and also once again a nice return to buggy weird fiction uh because grim scribe was chock full of buggy weird fiction
0: yeah uh so I, there is a um here's a small quote uh and this is this is a part where the the that that Drakte cult um, is explaining things to her father, and she's just hearing it secondhand. Um, mm-hmm. the adductive sect had shown her father that existence was indisputably horrific not a thinking horror that plots behind a vast curtain, but a universe of witless shadow breathing against the thin cells of reality, a cosmos guided solely by self perpetuation, unburdened by conscience, an existence governed by insect morality. The germ of this truth had been planted in Lily's head as a child, but had failed to hatch into the full revelation until that very moment. And then this is where she, her spirit ascends. And she's like, I can see everything now. I can explore everywhere. She has eyes on the
1: inside. Inside. <laughs>
0: yeah. And then she is devoured. Yep. In an epiphany of agony and salvation. Yeah. Uh. Um, so <laughs> our, our it's a, it's a Shades of Gray ending. Like yeah, she achieved the knowledge of the cosmos and joined with the insect mind. But was devoured by it cuz that's just what
1: it's going to do. Cuz that's just what it does cuz it's it's just it, because cuz it's it it ha- it has no exe- uh, intent other than propagation. <laughs>
0: yes, there's no
1: maliciousness. It's
0: just hungry. Yep. Yeah. Well, that brings <laughs> us to the final story and most uplifting of the three. Yeah. Yeah. Hark- Corporatolysis.
1: Yeah. Hey, if you if you work an office job, um this one will probably hit a little uh a little harder if you deal with cubicles and workplace environs uh this one will be deeply unpleasant aside from the the deliberate unpleasantness <laughs> of it cuz um uh this one i found i found i found this one to be the most um Uh, unpleasant really unpleasant out of the three (laughs) three stories for for this discussion so uh, let's break this one down dave
0: all right so this one is uh, we follow along with our intrepid hero william as he returns back to work after bereavement leave. And he's ever more so just going through the motions. Uh, and we get, I think it's three... Three days? Four. Four days. Yep, it's day four. So, he comes back to work. Uh, the place is just oppressive and not inviting and moldering in the darkness. The power kind of keeps going out. Um, it's it's in a way that, like, it doesn't, as you're reading it, it doesn't seem like it's what's actually going on. It just seems like that's the oppressive environment that he's built into his head. Mm-hmm. Of, of, of his workplace. Uh and the there's there's no one really else, there's no one there. Uh there's like the security guy he doesn't recognize. There's his his next door cubicle mate. Um is really the only other person because the the company was um just in a merger and has a new VP. Mm-hmm. And there's some changes going on. They're trying to do environmental... Because um, this is... Uh, it's, it's the business side of, like, the town factory. <laughs> uh, and the factory like, is polluting the environment. So they're trying to, like, clean that up. At least, like, outwardly. Pretend they're doing something to clean it up. It doesn't... Like, that's not the... Um, the thrust of the story, but that's like, (laughs) the weird background information that it kind of like delivers in gross drips to you. Uh, William, he's going through each of his, his days and he's just in a, he's kind of in a fugue state. He's taking medication, um, for, I think they're antidepressants.
1: Yeah. I Um, guess.
0: Yeah. His, his, he's lost his wife and child
1: yes uh, which which really uh is is divulged to the reader fairly late into in the story um uh which i thought was an interesting decision um so uh, the the there's i it feels like for me it feels like uh you had mentioned like the the state of the of his workplace is probably not is is how he sees it i it almost felt because there's so much emphasis on him taking his medication uh and and existing in kind of like this haze uh which also uh comes up later as as an actual foggy haze that has kind of enveloped enveloped the town um but it felt like the 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 disrepair of the office was a thing that actually was had taken place, but he was so hazy, foggy, like uh on meds and just like not ready to be back to work after his bereavement leave that he's just doesn't really pay it any attention. Um, that's, yeah, that and it's purpose. it's not
0: just the it's not just the, his office or the factory. It's the town, the entire town itself. He's like, winded. Like I I've been here so long doing this stuff so rote, and day after day, I didn't even notice like things had changed, and like the stores are run by derelicts, and it's it's real weird, um, and it it sits in that area like like the first story where you have to go so did something the factory did like did something cause this and like we're in sort of like Stephen King's the mist and weird maps right. going on uh, or is, maybe maybe it's a little bit of like yeah there was some some shady practices going on it did damage like the town and he's feeling uh like repressed guilt um, over, like, his company's involvement in, like, that damage um, and that indirectly his job l- um, led to the loss of his wife and child because mm-hmm. they, his wife uh, was just like, I, I didn't marry you for you to be doing this dead-end job and you're not, like, progressing anywhere. You're just sitting in a cubicle doing the same crap all the time and not paying attention to it. Like, it, it's drained you of all the things that, like, could have been. Uh, and they they leave, but they get killed. Like as they left, it's really it nebulous about that. And in it's, the beginning, it's very
1: vague about. It's,
0: yeah, it's vague, and it it the the opening paragraphs uh, is talking about it's it's snippets of conversation of someone being found in the runoff of the factory and it was probably his wife and child but it could as easily have been him like wandering in the muck. Mm -hmm. So I don't know like it, it doesn't give enough of that backstory but you don't like you don't really need it because it's not it's not about that detail. Right. Because it and I think that um I think that that's what happened. I think something went awry and the wife and daughter were found in the muck because that's what c- c- crops up in like day 4 for him. Mm-hmm. So each of the da- as the days progress, the we- he starts to notice this thing the weird stuff like a little bit more and he, he not only is he noticing it, but he's willfully like ignoring it. mm mm-hmm. Mhm. Like, he's like, if I don't look at it too hard, it's probably not that bad. Or, um, I hear weird stuff coming from, uh, I don't remember the cube mate's name, but, um, he's like... Jensen? Yeah, he's like, I probably shouldn't look over the top of the cube to, like, see what he's doing, because it sounds wrong.
1: Right. He sounds either too far away from where he's supposed to be, or too close. Yeah, it's... Yeah, he, he's, yeah, he's, he's,
0: he's disconcerned by it, but he's like trying to uh keep his head down. And it, it's, his dealing with the situation, you can read that as it's not only him dealing with the grief of loss, but this is his coping mechanism he's done his entire life. And that's mm-hmm. what led to the loss in the first place. Right. Is he's just like... Um, like, he's doing the shut up in color. Like, yeah, just do your job, keep your head down, don't say anything weird, and, uh, you're, you,
1: doesn't matter, it's just a a nine-to-five job. Yeah. Uh, 100% willful ignorance, um, which, you know, might also, might also just, uh, might uh, be, uh related to, once again, he works for this company and they there has seemingly been some kind of ecological issue. Maybe if he had uh, paid more attention to it, maybe if he had said something about it, maybe all of it could have been avoided, but he just keeps his head down, does his job, uh, and doesn't realize how bad things have gotten until he can't uh, help but see it. And, well, even then, um, he's still,
0: like, he, his inaction ultimately leads to, to the loss of his wife and child. Right. And he's still not willing to, like, accept that. And mm-hmm. even, even as the story wraps up, he's still, he's not even, he's not taking any part of the blame. Right. He he's blaming everything else aside from himself in in that he's like I should have should have never even had a kid to then I wouldn't be in this situation. It's like that's mm-hmm. not the that's not the problem, buddy. <laughs> like that's not the 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 thing that set this off. It's not because you had the kid that you lost the kid. Right. Like it's because you were willfully ignorant and didn't pay attention to what's going on around you, that it led to this, this end. Like, you're complicit in your own downfall, and the downfall of everything around you, but you are so, uh, in, in- inured to it, that you can't even see what's in front of your face.
1: Like, literally. Right. right. Oh, and I suppose we should mention what is right in front of his face because it's awful uh and it appears to be fungus it is the fungus
0: among us um the the everything is coated in a soft fuzz uh, yeah there's moats. there's like so this is doing the like the nausicaa of the valley of the wind um mm. the the world is infected with mold growth and there's like spores that you can see but with the naked eye like just floating in the air yeah um the uh the the new offices extend like infinitum uh and the the new vp is like some sort of like horror moldy horror thing that lives in a glass cube that he 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 like he just refuses to look at even though he was yep. called into the office um and the 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 new cubes all have these weird uh, he thinks they're trash cans at first but then they end up being like gross polyps yeah that lead into this the sewer of refuse that flows beneath the whole city like in ghostbusters yeah it's there's, there's so much going on where you're like, I know this is like, you can be blind to a lot of things, but none of this should be things that you're willing to like not look at or not address, right. which is why I felt um, that it's allegorical yeah. versus it actually appearing because man, you have to have some heavy like self delusions to keep. Slogging through this mess. Uh, Yeah. Like, a lot. I I don't even know. But yeah, he's he's chasing... He sees his daughter floating in the the sewage. Um, So, what this reminded me of, actually, was The Machinist. Mm Mm-hmm. And The Machinist is a film... Uh, with Christian Bale, who, uh, works at a kind of like this. He works at a blue collar plant and, um, he's just w- w- wasting away, um, because of his job. But it's not because of his job, it's because of guilt, because he killed a, uh, a young girl, um, when he was drinking and driving. Right. But you don't find that out until the very end of the movie. I'm um, sorry. I, Given away the ending. Um, <laughs> but the movie is like 20 years old at this point. Now go watch it, it's good. Uh, and it sits in that same, like, Jacob's Laddery and The Jacket and a few other, like, really good uh, psychological horror kind of thriller. Psychological drama, I guess. Yes, there um, we go. And so the entire time, he's, uh, his character is it was just becoming thinner and thinner and he keeps seeing this uh this new the new guy at work uh who got his hand chewed up um in a machine and had it like his thumb is replaced by his big toe i think um, yeah but he's just been kind of like heckling uh um Christian Bale's character and he keeps seeing him everywhere and it turns out that that's just his imagination like his his um it's his Jiminy Cricket, uh, like telling him, hey, you need to, like, realize what you've done because it's it's literally eating you. Your, your guilt, because you don't acknowledge your role in. He, it was a hit and run. He, like, left and didn't. He didn't get in any trouble because he wasn't at the scene of the crime. Right? right. Uh, so his guilt of not acknowledging that was, like, eating him away, literally. And that, uh, that feels like this like this yes. uh, william is not taking any kind of culpability for for what the company's doing um for what he his, his behavior has done to his marriage and ultimately to his wife and, and daughter uh and even in the very like last moments um of this story of him just like succumbing to all this mold and rot uh he's adamantly refusing to like to take any blame for it. Yeah. And so it it feels um while we'll have to see what the next stories bring this feels like a good bookend to like the first story uh where uh, Eleanor she's 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 leaving and doing all these things but she's and she's sacrificed so much for this dream that she can't attain but she's not willing to come to grips with like her failure. Hmm. and and that that is leading to her just collapsing right and and in the story she's turned stone um, yes but that i don't read as like what's actually like physically happening to her i, I read that mm-hmm. as she's she can no longer progress yeah like she can't go back and she can't go forward so it's it's there's almost like a suicidal nature to it of like just utterly giving up because you realize mm-hmm. you you can't realize your dreams but you aren't willing to embrace uh the past right uh and in this case um you, william is like adamantly not connecting with any of that and just blaming everything aside from himself um for any any problems and in not recognizing those things he cannot progress and and falls to the mold mm-hmm. so it's like it's the same kind of end for both characters but from different action and inaction like it's things yes. that they're not coping with and not claiming and that's caused um, ultimately, like, their, their disillusion. hmm And in yeah, our, in it's... our, in our, yeah, in our central story, we get disillusion, but it's of a, um, like, a
1: raptural nature. hmm With a character that, that pursued, like, yes, the disillusion is, is because they, they... They gained the knowledge that they had been pursuing. So the the bookends are about inaction and delusion, and the center is of of a of a is about a person that that uh, that achieves their goals at the end, uh, only to 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 be uh, dissolved as well. So. No matter what, there's no escape. (laughs) Um, No matter which path you take. The the three things, action, inaction,
0: um, and then just like... uh, action without thought. Mm -hmm. Mm-hmm. Those modalities lead to disillusion of the self. Right. So they fall in line... Um, not with the anti-natalism, but with that idea of, uh, by virtue of existing, uh, we're you're kind of cursed, right? Like the the curse of consciousness, <laughs> yeah. again, as it were. Um, this doesn't maybe traffic wholly in that, but it's it's on the same like curve. Yes, agreed, one hundred percent. Yeah. Well, that's that's the long and short of these three stories. I I really enjoyed these, and I think that they're actually um, they're more approachable than Ligotti's stuff. But oh yes, oh, I I definitely agree as well. I I think that's by virtue of their length. Mm-hmm. Um, these don't they're very concise. They're straight to the point, but they leave a lot of little details where you could read in what you kind of want.
1: Right uh and also yes and also uh uh Ligotti's work is is tends to be very very dense and focus really heavily on a lot of details mm-hmm. of, uh, uh where the once again and as you mentioned because due to the the length of these stories um the density is 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 not as great and the things that our dents are specific for um propelling the story forward. Yeah.
0: So I'm interested to see like where these stories go and if if these themes carry through. Um I, I picked the three stories um not really having considered a lot of like what the themes were, like as as I said, we're just going to do three stories because it's just seemed like a good way to divide the book up. Um, right. But that, that felt in just enough service um, to the, those themes. So uh, what I'm hoping is either those will continue and we can like dive into them a little bit more or that the next uh, group of stories have uh, something else to offer as well. In right. either case, yeah. um, this is a very interesting collection and I'm, I'm excited to uh, finish up the rest of it. Um, it will be probably um a a bi-weekly like every other week um we'll we'll wrap this up but it shouldn't take too many sessions to to finish them unlike the year it took us to finish uh um, legati's work
1: yeah um yeah i'm also looking forward to 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 getting into the the further stories and i really do have to to recommend this to anyone listening um I, I'm I'm I bought it off of Amazon digitally. It was 2.99. It's really cheap. It's some good work. You can read it on basically anything. Um, I read it. I read some of it on my phone, and it and it it was fine. I really cannot recommend this this book uh, enough. Especially if you're going to uh, be following our our coverage of it, I really do highly recommend that you pick it up yeah you'll you'll get a lot more out of
0: it um than we're uh able to provide because we're not doing like a read along like out loud <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> for the for the thing but we're trying to at least like go through the themes uh it it benefits you as a listener to have like read them or at least have access to it uh and and give it a read um after you listen to the show so either approach i think works well and will um Kind of maybe inform a little bit one or the other, either uh, your impression of the show uh, or use the show to kind of inform your view of Uh But yeah, that, that's that's these first three tales are wrapped up. We will continue the ones um, next next time. Uh, but I think that that wraps us up for the coverage of these this this bit for today. Uh, Leonard, where can folks find you on the interwebs?
1: Yes, you can find me on Twitter by searching at Dr. Faust is dead. You can also find my video essay work on YouTube by, once again, searching Dr. Faust is dead. Uh, And Dave, where can people find you on the Internet? They can find me on Twitter
0: at sentinot underscore plus. Uh, that will be in the notes, as will all the other links. And you can find back episodes of the podcast at monsterdeer.monster. Uh, that's us signing off today. Next episode, Cameron should be back with us. Uh, I believe
1: we're...
0: It might be Castlemania. <laughs> I I have got to keep track of what's going on. I think I think we got we're lined up for another guest episode and starting Castlevania season one. Uh, so that's that's on the horizon, uh, one way or the other. So yes, yes. Signing off, and we will catch y'all next time. Bye bye. Goodbye, everyone.